What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Uh, another edition of the NASCAR DFS podcast. I am Dan Malin, joined as always by Matt Sells. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we got Bristol on tap here, um, so that'll be that'll be pretty sweet Saturday night under the lights. At Bristol is always spectacular. We don't have the laser cars like we did for the All Star race. The laser cars sucked. I was super yeah. excited. They were a massive letdown. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. Were trash. So, were terrible. so not much difference here then, except the fact that this is a cutoff race and not for a million dollars. But yeah, you know, it was kind of a boring race last weekend, if I can say that. It wasn't. It wasn't really all that spectacular. Um, sorry, folks, I missed. Kislowski guaranteeing that he would dominate at Richmond on Thursday. Had I seen that, he definitely would have made the cash lineups. Um, but yeah, so we turned the page to Bristol here, and uh, fun fun race to watch. You're gonna have to be careful for uh, DFS though. I'm not gonna argue that it was a boring race, and I I will fully acknowledge that we didn't really bring our A game with last week's podcast. I'm not saying that the analysis sucked. I'm just saying that the energy might have been a little light. Uh, at one point, I remember we couldn't even remember who won the Darlington race. No disrespect <laughs> to Kevin Harvick. Uh, but if we're a little more sprite this week, um, you know, we've got Ed Rouse back on the NASCAR podcast. And if you listened a couple weeks ago, that was a really fun, really informative podcast. Uh, Ed is back for, for this podcast, for Bristol, um, which is great because I hate this race for DFS. Uh, anyone who read the truck playbook <laughs> knows that. Um, I feel like I had a really good read in the truck race, and I still only I still lost most of my money. But Ed is back. Uh, very excited for this podcast. Ed, how are you doing tonight, my friend? And I, I am doing fantastic. I can't believe you guys brought me back. The, the Ryan Blaney Fresno fan club president is back <laughs> on the podcast. I'm so excited. Well, see, I this week Bristol. you get to talk about him. I so. know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. disappointed. It's the one week where he desperately needs a win. But we brought you on. All, all or nothing. I know he had the the point deduction. That hurt. And he has been... Uh, Ryan, don't hate me. You've been terrible the last two weeks. Let's be honest. <laughs> mistakes after mistakes. But this is his week, guys. I'm telling you. Telling you. All right, Matt. Uh, we know what Bristol is. We know what it's about. High banked, half mile. Uh, I'll let you just do a quick track breakdown. Then we'll, we'll talk about the stakes because this is a cutoff race for the playoffs. There are obviously... There's more on the line for certain drivers, drivers, but give us just a breakdown. It's a, it's a half mile track. These races are so awesome to watch, but I, I, I hate Bristol for DFS. Yeah, the uh, high banking leads to this being the fastest half mile in the world, as they call it. It's also called the last great Coliseum. It's also called Thunder Valley. It's also called the Bull Ring. Possibly has the most amount of nicknames of any track on the schedule. All of them are well earned. Uh, they will be putting PJ1 on the track again this week, so you will see similar racing to what you saw in the May race. Um, so it should be two grooves. One of them will come in a little bit after the other one once the PJ1 gets warmed up and gets sticky. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really fun race. It's 500 laps, so laps led is going to count for quite a bit here because guys can tick off a hundred laps lead in the blink of an eye. They're doing sub 15 second laps. Uh, so you can leave four laps every minute. So it doesn't really take all that long to get up to a hundred uh, laps lead. Um, so yeah, focus on that position. Differential is also important, uh, but also be careful because there were quite a few wrecks in the may race here. Um, and we expect more wrecks considering the fact that it is a cutoff race. Um, and for those new to NASCAR or unfamiliar with the way the playoffs work, uh, every third race in the playoffs is a cutoff where four guys no longer qualify for the playoffs. They still get to race, but they don't qualify for the playoffs. So guys on the outside looking in right now is William Byron, who's three points outside the cutoff. Cole Custer is eight points outside the cutoff. Matt DiBenedetto is 25 points outside the cutoff, and Ryan Blaney is 27 points outside the cutoff. So um, you do have a few guys that are less than 10 to the good in Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, and Eric Almarola. So uh, those guys all have quite a bit at stake this week. Um, talking about the first race, I know you said that there were quite a few 
uh, Rex in that race. I actually think that is a drastic understatement because I think we saw like 15 or 16 17, cautions. 17 yeah. cautions. It was three 17 shy of the And, um, you know, this isn't Talladega, but it's kind of like a miniature Talladega. You know, it's like the yeah. wrecks aren't huge. They're not – they don't look as bad as they do at like a super speedway. But at the same time, you know, it's just – they are almost as disastrous. Like a, a, the, the slightest kind of like – wreck or whatever or anything into the wall can kind of ruin a person's day at bristol which is one risk i i hate taking with dfs at these tracks yeah you get a pile up pretty quick here because there's nowhere to go you can't really avoid it as we saw in may one guy kind of brushed the wall and five people wound up wrecked out of the race so um it's like a talladega with lap slide that count except we're not banking on guys from the back of the pack you still gotta like you know work your way up there but um, yeah, mini Talladega is a pretty good, pretty good way to describe it. And that's my other point is that, you know, we look at guys starting at the back, you know, we, we're always looking for position differential, but Bristol and Bristol more so than Martinsville, in my opinion, it's a little more difficult to move up at Bristol and, and make sure that you don't fall a lap or two down, you know, for Thursday night's truck race, for example, Ross Chastain was in the truck truck race he started at the rear he fell a lap down and just and, and he was twelve thousand dollars on DraftKings, and he presented a ton of position differential i was all over him and he fell a lap down and he couldn't recover and so that really kind of minimizes the position differential and so that's another thing is because like with bristol we only see a handful of drivers really finish on the lead lap here yeah i mean you can definitely go a lap Eight. down pretty quickly um in the May race, we actually saw, surprisingly, 22 drivers finished on the lead lap. But that's about the most you're going to see in quite a while because in the fall race here last year, this exact race uh, last year, only seven guys finished on the lead lap. So um, there's there's quite a discrepancy uh, going on. But, yeah, we only usually see about a dozen guys finish on the lead lap at the end of the race. So we, we kind of hit on this before we started recording the podcast. Um, you know, on FanDuel, this isn't really a good track to play DFS or on FanDuel because it's like FanDuel rewards points for every lap that your drivers complete. And then it's, it's a tenth of a point if your driver, you know, leads a lap. But with all these laps led and like seven drivers finishing on the, on the lead lap last year or in the last race – like it, it, there's just not much variance on FanDuel. You know, if your guys complete every lap, that's 250 points. And so, you know, the points are going to be elevated on a FanDuel this week. And it's, it's just so hard to like build like a unique lineup on FanDuel that I absolutely, I hate their scoring. I think it's terrible for this week. It's a much better uh, DraftKings week. Um, uh, there's just so much I want to complain about with Bristol, but like, I don't want to drag <laughs> the energy down because, because Ed's on. So, I don't know, Matt, just break down the schedule for us this week with the playbook and, and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, so we are recording this uh, late on Thursday. It's about 11.25 p.m. Eastern right now. Uh, the track breakdown is out. Uh, the early projections for Cup are also out at this point. Uh, they will be probably tweaked throughout the weekend, depending on who gives interviews saying that they guarantee a win um, <laughs> or who fails tech inspection. Um, and we'll have DFS rankings out Friday morning uh, for the cup race. This pod will obviously be up at like Odark 30 Friday morning. Um, DFS playbook for the cup is coming out Friday afternoon. And then example lineups will be out probably 90 minutes before lock uh, on Saturday. And uh, either Dan or I will take care of the Xfinity playbook uh, for Friday night's race. It hasn't quite been decided yet, but that's basically the lay of the land for this week. All right. Uh, are we good to just start breaking down the field? I feel like this is yeah, the best part think, of the podcast. It was wildly think, entertaining. Uh, we had Ed. I think Edward is chomping at the bit to get to Ryan Blaney. All right. Well, he's going to have to wait a little bit because yep. we're probably, do we want to start at the top as we've done with the playoff yep. driver? Okay, cool. Uh, a pair of Penske teammates on the front row, Brad Kislowski, fresh off a win last week, 11,200 on DraftKings, 13,200 on FanDuel. Logano is 9700 on DraftKings. Seems like a huge discount. $12,500 on FanDuel. Kislowski seems like the play. Matt and I have talked about how we don't really like playing Logano. It just seems like he never has the right setups. Uh, Kislowski has shown that he can dominate at short tracks. I think he stole a win earlier this year here. 
dominated a Martinsville race in 2018, and I understand the two tracks are completely different. Um, going to be hard to not get exposure to Brad Keselowski if you're building 20 lineups for the Slingshot or the Chrome Horn or whatever the hell the contest is on DraftKings this week. Um, Keselowski's the play between the two, right, Matt? Um, yeah, I mean, Keselowski started on the pole in the uh, May race and wound up winning it, though I will say he basically stole it from his teammate Logano, who got wrecked out in the final restart because Chase Elliott uh, got a little loose and put both of them into the wall. Um, although our compadre here disagrees with that and thinks <laughs> it went the other way around. Um, either way, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano wrecked each other out from the front row in what was supposed to be the final restart, and then Kozlowski just found himself at the right place at the right time, though he did lead 115 laps in the May race. So can't really say he was in the right place at the right time because he had a pretty good car. Um, he's also coming off a really dominating performance at Richmond, um, so yeah, I would say Kozlowski is the safer play of the two, but I mean, both have wins here. Um, if you look over the last eight races, Logano actually has the better record at this track. Um, his average finish is basically twice as good as Kozlowski. So it kind of, for me, depends on your, uh, you know, which way you view each guy. All right. And I'm going to throw it to you because you made some intriguing points, uh, earlier before we started recording you know between the two between Kislowski and Logano you know you said Kislowski might be willing to help his teammate a little bit more and that Logano is more of a, a selfish driver and he's only going to be focusing on the me aspect of the race and getting himself into the next round for that reason would you go Logano over Kislowski I absolutely would <clears throat> first of all the price is there right 97 versus the price is fantastic absolutely. yeah yeah enjoy the gotta you, you gotta like it Kislowski was dominant last week, right? He's already into the next round. He, he's he been shown to be kind of a team player, too. Logano, not so much. Let's just say Logano is all about Logano. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to go out there, try to get a win, go to the next round. Um, and the price is really nice. And you it, like this is it. This is the last race until the next round. You either win or if, if you don't, it's all about points. So I think he's going to try to push it. And uh, I like Logano a little bit better in GPPs only because of the price and the fact that he could probably take Kislowski maybe in the first restart. And then Kislowski just kind of coast behind him and let him get a few laps led and, you know, get some points there. All right. We'll move on to the next row, row number two. We have Martin Truex Jr. at 10000 on DraftKings. Very friendly price tag for him. Kevin Harvick is 11600 on DK, starting fourth. Harvick's comfortably into the next round of the playoffs uh, yep. because he won at Darlington. Matt, Matt and I struggled to remember that last week. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Truex is touted as a short track racer. Bristol doesn't necessarily come to mind, at least not for me. But, you know, Matt, who do you like between these two? Um, It's kind of an okay row for me. Harvick's never really been like overly dominant here i mean he has done well for himself i'm not going to say he hasn't he's got five top tens in the last eight races here so that's that's you know pretty solid but i think at this point he's basically just going to be i mean if he gets the win yeah i mean if he gets the win great but i think he's basically just going for a top 10 finish at this point really is basically what i expect from him um, he's also never really been a guy to lead a whole bunch of laps per race here. Um, and Truex scares me at this track because he's just never really done what you would expect him to do here. He's been in contention a few different times, but never really seals the deal. Um, he also doesn't really lead laps here that much. Now he has been really good of late. He's got like eight straight top five finishes um or eight of the last nine um so from a price standpoint i'd probably go with truex in the hopes that maybe he you know actually goes out and leads but i mean harvick is in to the next round and truex basically only needs to finish i think better than 18th to make the next round so neither guy really has to do anything here Ed, how are you feeling about this one? It's definitely kind of like a lukewarm line. I'm not crazy about Harvick this week, and especially at the price tag on DraftKings. Kind of like Truex, but at the same time, it's like I want to go either kind of front row because the front row, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but the front row kind of has a good history of 
you know, leading plenty of laps early on and consistently throughout the first stage, right? Yeah, and um, I think two of the last three races, the pole sitter has won. Either that or back-to-back races, the pole sitter has won the race here. So, um, I mean, to give you an idea, the average DK point scored, regardless of position, over the last five races here is 32.6 points. Like, that's the average throughout the field. Uh, the pole sitter scores 75.2 points on average in that in that range. So, um Second, a little bit less, um, but yeah, the kind of the third through fifth is just kind of a wash. Ed, how are you approaching this one? Uh, here's how I look at Harvick. I hate to compare other sports, but for Harvick, this is week 17, and he's already has first round by uh, number one seed overall. For his price, I'm not paying for it. I think he's just kind of like, I'm already in. I already got enough points. I'm just going to chill. As far as Truix, though, Look at his sponsor. Who's his sponsor? He's the bearded Bassmaster. I've, by the way, that's copyright me. The bearded Bassmaster on Bass Pro Shops night. I don't know. Maybe for the sponsor, try to get some more money. Try to a little bit of uh, more oomph in his driving skills. I don't know. Just there could be something there. But I'm gonna have some, a little bit of play with Truex only because I think it's his sponsor's night, and you you never know. It is a little weird with Truex because, you know, he had that stretch where he was finishing in the top two or three consistently, like four or five, six races. And a year ago at this time, you know, he won, I believe, the first two races of of the the first stage. He only has one win this year. I believe it came in Martinsville. You know, it's it's been a good year, but overall for Joe Gibbs Racing, aside from Denny Hamlin, it's been a down year for that team. And, you know, it's it's odd that Truex only has one win. You know, it's... It's so bizarre because a year ago at this time, you know, it looked like he was a lock to possibly win, you know, the championship. And and he would have been had they put the right tires on his Correct. Car, like yeah, the last he, he could have easily ran away with it in Miami. But ever since that race, man, it, it just seems like he just hasn't been able to, like, pull away with a win. I mean, he, he got one win this year, and it's just like... It's the new crew chief. Yeah, it, he's normally a lock, but it's just, it's, it's just a weird thing, but... We'll move on to the next row. Austin Dillon, 7,800 on DraftKings, 10,000 on FanDuel, which is a little absurd. Uh, Chase Elliott is 10-7 on DK, 13,000 on FanDuel. Ed, I'm going to throw this one to you. Um, really hard to get behind either guy here. I've, I've tried to rally around Chase Elliott the last couple races. Haven't been able to do it. Austin Dillon has looked great. Now, like he's he's driving the wheels off the car. Like he clearly want like this is probably the best car in his best season that he's had in quite some time. It's his best chance to go out and possibly win a championship. Seventy eight hundred on DraftKings is perfectly reasonable. Ten thousand on FanDuel just seems stupid. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Ten thousand on FanDuel is a little much, but I'll tell you what, seventy eight hundred on DK seems perfect to me. Listen, I test. Go take. All the stats away. Just watch the races. And everyone should if you're playing DFS. The last two races, his car has looked phenomenal. And for $7,800 going up, trying to get that, you know, he could he could win this thing. And and he could make the, the next round. I mean, his car has looked great. Um, for 7800 I mean, he he's a must play, in my opinion. I would be right now. Any thoughts? I mean, yeah. last week at Richmond, he led the most amount of laps he's ever led in a single race in his entire cup career. So that's how, and then he drove the car, literally drove the wheels off the car, Darlington (laughs) to try to catch Harvick in the last corner. Guy's been great starting fifth. He's got an outside shot to lead some, some laps uh, there if he gets a good jump. And um, also remember the choose cone is in play and it played a huge part at the all-star race, um, which was the first race they had the choose cone. Um, so you never know. He could choose. He he could move up a few spots on a restart early, and and plus he's usually a pretty good short track guy. So I like Austin Dillon. Um, Chase Elliott feels like a GPP guy for me. Um, if this happens to be his night, like it was in the All Star race, then the price becomes worth it. But you can't really bank on that. Uh, moving on to the next row, Denny Hamlin is 12,000 on DraftKings, 13,600 on FanDuel. Alex Bowman right next to him, 7,400 on DK, 8,900 on FanDuel. 
really have to like Hamlin here. Like he, he has a little bit of position differential. Uh, obviously, the, like the dominator points that he can get from here. I mean, he won this race a year ago. He kind of stole it from yep. Matt the Benedetto, uh, thanks to the help from Ryan Newman in that one. But I mean, this this just seems like an easy play. Like you have to get exposure to to Hamlin here. I feel much better about him than I do Harvick. Matt, go on. Just just take it away. Yep. I completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, he did. He is the defending race winner at this night race. Um, he needs to get a little bit of his mojo back, I feel like. I feel like the last couple of races haven't been the strongest efforts put forth from Hamlin. It just seems like the setup has been a little bit wrong. And they, I mean, at Richmond, they struggled with that car most of the night. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely go Hamlin. I don't know that I'm going to play any Bowman this week. I don't know. Like, I mean, you're free to play him, but I, his history here it's is not, not a good. good. History here. He's not looked that great down the stretch here this year. Um, yeah, I mean, the price is, again, 7400 for a guy starting inside the top 10. Okay, but, like, his history is just not good at this track. Ed, we're going to go to the next row. Kyle Busch is 10,400, 12,000 on FanDuel. Eric Almarola is 8,200 on DK, 9,000 on FanDuel. You know, Kyle Busch can probably skate into the next round, but it's like once we get to the round of 12, you know, it's, it's like he's going to start feeling a little bit of pressure because he hasn't won a race here. This is a track that Matt likes to call Bushtel. Um, how are you feeling about Kyle Busch? You know, he's he's bringing back the, the, the Skittles wrap on the car this weekend. You know, he and his brother have done very well here, but the the speed and the setup, whatever it is, it just hasn't been there for Kyle this week. But it's like, it's it's Kyle Busch, it's Bristol. You you kind of have to play him, right? I want to ask him: Is it M and M's or Skittles? Which one is it? Like, which candy do you like the most? <laughs> he wins more often in M and M's. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Well, not this year. <laughs> no, obviously. <laughs> I honestly, I'm gonna have a little exposure to Kyle Busch because you have to. But man. Every week, I feel like every week for the last 10 weeks, I'm like, this is the week he wins. This is the week I'm going to play him. He's going to win. <clears throat> and he just does it. He's just, I, I, I know this is one of his courses. I mean, obviously, he's had three top fives in the last, what, four races. So he has a chance. But, man, I'm just mentally, I'm like, can he win this year? Maybe it's, he's cursed. I don't know. But you, you have to have exposure to, to him there. Um and we're talking about Amarola too, right? Yeah, I'm not playing him. I I will have a little exposure to Amarola, only because no car, got a race for something, right? Did he does does he not have a car next year? No, he's he's back in the ten next year. Oh, is he? Oh, I thought he lost his car. I was like, okay, never no, mind. Warrior, Warrior might not have a car. Okay, I thought it was Amarola. I I, nope. I read. I could be wrong, but still. Amarillo is like one of those guys, 8,200 for GPP. He's the perfect play. He's sitting back, what, in in that row. He, he could easily make some spots. He could easily be fast enough to lead some laps in this, a short track, and get you some good points. I kind of like Amarola in his spot he is for 8,200, to be honest. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to strongly suggest Kyle Busch. A, he's $2,000 cheaper on both sites than he was here in May. Uh, he finished fourth in May. He started seventh and finished fourth. So we've we've said that he needs the practice. Well, he had 500 laps or so in May to get practice. Then he finished second in the All-Star race, which were under night conditions. Uh, he's won here basically <laughs> more than anywhere else he's won. So I like Kyle Busch. As for Eric Amarola... In the last five races, he has not finished better than 29th. Doesn't matter where he starts. He has GPP. not finished better than 29th. So, for me, I'm avoiding Amarola uh, this week. He also just hasn't looked great recently. He's just kind of, you know, eh right now. Right. Um, he does need a strong showing to at least... That that midsummer summer buzz get he his way. Kind of worn off. Um, I mean, he is in the next round, but it's only by seven points. So if he gets outstaged pointed in the first two stages, which could very well happen, he's on the outside looking in. Um, so can I 
just apologize to the listeners. I got Amarola and Suarez mixed up in my uh, losing their car next year. Oh, Sorry. yeah, there you go. Suarez, yeah, yeah, Suarez, Suarez is definitely not I apologize, everybody. Um, but, yeah, so that, that would be my take on this row. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Clint Boyer, Cole Custer, the obvious play here is Clint Boyer. Matt, I'm going to throw this one to you. Like, Bristol is just a sneaky good track for him. And I initially, when I came into this race, I was like, you know, it's the playoffs. He's in the playoffs. Like, ownership is going to be so high on Clint Boyer. Maybe I'll fade him. But then I looked at the price tag on DraftKings in 8400 from his starting spot. I mean, he, I don't get it. I love Clint, fun-loving dude, but he just he rocks it at Bristol. It's so weird, but he just performs so damn well here. I he's he's a, he's a lock easily in like in so many GPP builds. Yeah, uh, statistically, this is his best track. He's finished no worse than eighth in eight of the last ten races at Bristol, uh, including five straight races. He's finished inside the top eight. Um, the reason why I think he does so well here, as the spotter once said, is that the laps click off before his attention span can disappear. So uh, he's he's staying focused <laughs> throughout the races, uh, which helps him because he, if you ever listen to his in-car radio during races, it's quite possibly the most entertaining thing you've ever listened to. Um, so yeah, this price tag, on, especially on DK, is real hard to turn down for Boyer. Um, starting here, all you really need him to do is basically finish a couple of spots higher than where he is, and he he essentially is going to pay value. Um, his average finish in the last four races is five and a half. I just there's not really a reason not to play Clint Boyer, Clint Boyer for me. As for Cole Custer, didn't have the greatest first run here. Um, got caught up in some stuff. Um, you know, he's still alive here in the playoffs to try to make the next round. So he, for me, is a GPP play. Uh, it's 6,900 starting this close to the front. He's a great GPP play for me. Uh, Ed, you and Clint seem like you would be two fun dudes just to, like, <laughs> sit down and have a beer with. How, what, what are your opinions on uh, Clint this weekend? I mean, this is the perfect spot for him, right? He's at Bristol, one of his best courses. Um, fun guy. His interviews are so fun. And his radio, I... I did get the NASCAR app where you can listen into the radios and I go between them. And yeah, his is very entertaining. I recommend it to everybody. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, 8,400. I mean, perfect, perfect spot for him. I mean, he's in my top five uh, overall of all racers um, to play GPPs, cash games all over the place. I think he's going to be really high owned though, but uh, a great, a great spot for him. Cole Custer. Uh, 6,900 yeah. on D- DK. I mean, yeah. Nice play. <laughs> nice play. <laughs> but, I mean, ever since that one lap, one lap, one lap is the reason why he's here in that one race. Yeah, right? but it was a hell of a lap. It was, most it was, it was a hell of a lap. Don't get oh, me wrong. It was a great finish to that Kentucky race. It was a great finish, but what else has he done besides that, really? Like, he, that's the only reason he's yeah. going to win Rookie of the Year over Tyler Reddick was that one lap. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of a shaft job there for Tyler Reddick. But, um, I mean, you never know. Goldcuster could get lucky again and point. I mean, all he, he doesn't even have to win to make the next round. He's just got to kind of point his way in. He's only eight points out. So, Thank a couple you, of guys Blake. have an issue. Um, he could very well make the round of 12, which would be fairly surprising. All right, we'll move on to the next row. Ed, I'm going to throw this one to you because it's your guy. <laughs> I'm going to let you pitch us on on ryan blaney but kurt bush is 9100 on dk 11,000 on fandle ryan blaney 8800 really good price tag actually uh 11,300 on fandle uh not blaney's best track but you are his biggest fan take it away Blaney's best track i mean obviously but the last you know four races he's at least been in the top 10 uh in three of them so there you go ryan blaney okay I follow him on social media because I'm obviously the president of the Fresno chapter of the Ryan Blaney fan club. But this man tweets every day, but not recently. He has not tweeted anything. He is focused. He is watching Talladega Nights because if you're not first, you're last. He's going (laughs) for it. It's the only chance he has, and he has shaken bacon. Brad Keselowski starting on the pole, who owes him one, by the way, from a couple weeks ago. 
Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm when, he, you. when he sailed it into turn four and wrecked him out. Yeah, my God, dude. I was listening to, to Blaney's NASCAR radio, too, in my headphones while I was watching the race. And I, I, I went outside to my wife, and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Blaney was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife looked at me like, you're crazy. Go inside. Have it up here. But <laughs> um, I like 8,800 is the cheapest Blaney has been for a long time. And his car is fast. It's shown. Ever since the restart with the pandemic, his car has been there, except the last couple of races. Um, I, I think he's a must play, and he's also in my top five. Not because I love him. Remember the last podcast we did, I said he's in a terrible spot, and I'm probably going to have him in one lineup. And I did, and that lineup lost terribly. <laughs> but this week, Blaney, I think if you get him in your GPPs, and if he wins the thing because he's focused, and Kislowski has even come to his support and said, J- just win it, baby. Blaney, I think, is one of the top three plays this week in DFS. And not because I'm the fan club president in Fresno, but just because he's in a good spot. It's yeah. Definitely, it's, uh, yeah, like this is a win or go home position for him. So it's like this this might be a good week to get a little exposure to Blaney. Yeah, and he uh, came out today in an interview and said, I caution those who are starting in front of me. Yep. So he's going to win or wreck trying he's going all um, darth vader on everyone in front yeah, of basically uh he has had some pretty bad luck at bristol i mean he's been really fast here he's been leading a ton of laps and then one of them i'm pretty sure he got caught up by some lap cars and wrecked out after leading like a hundred plus laps um so he loves bristol it's a great track for him um kurt bush is very very safe this week oh uh, yeah he's in the he, line too i forgot about him he, he's He's really good here, too, obviously. Uh, he has almost as many wins here as his brother. The two of them combined are the winningest uh, duo in Bristol history. Uh, Kurt Busch's average finish of 4.8 in the last four races is actually the best in the field. So if you want to go with a pretty good pairing of Kurt Busch and Blaney this week in this row, I'm, I'd be all for it. I second that. All right. I love that. <clears throat> love that. Uh, next row, we have the last of the playoff drivers. Two guys desperately needing a win here. William Byron, 7900 and 8800 on FanDuel. Matt DiBenedetto, $8,100 on DK, uh, $9,700 on FanDuel. I'll take the lead here, I suppose. Uh, really love Matt DiBenedetto. Not necessarily um, you know, throwing out anything shocking, necessarily, but... He came close to winning this race a year ago, uh, yep. was was visibly upset in his post-race interview, and it still breaks your heart to watch him. Um, my girlfriend yeah, He was he... so upset that Hamlin had to apologize. Yeah, like how do you have to apologize for winning a race? Like my girlfriend- Because is... he was getting booed by 120,000 people who wanted Maddie D to win it. Like my girlfriend was crying after that race, and she hardly watches these things, but uh, <laughs> it's it was just and and honestly, like the Wood Brothers with the twenty one car, like they they show up at super speedways and they show up at short tracks. And Matt Benedetto has actually looked pretty good on mile and a half in the twenty one car, but especially at short tracks, like the Wood Brothers can like really put together a really solid ride and have the right setup. And this is kind of like a winner go home format for him as well. You know, same thing as Blaney almost. Um, so I, I really love Matt Benedetto. He's going to be a popular play in GPPs just because he has nothing to lose. So he'll be a bit aggressive and, and he has upside. Like he almost won this race a year ago. Um, for me, it's, it's easily De Benedetto over Byron and I'll let either of you gentlemen jump in. Uh, I will add a narrative street here for De Benedetto. Not only is this the first time he's in the playoffs. So if he makes it through, it'd be the first time in the round of 12, but the Wood Brothers are sitting on 99 wins. So if they get another win, they sit on 100 wins, which is a huge, it's a pretty big achievement uh, you know, for a NASCAR team. So uh, I will agree with you that I'm probably leaning to Benedetto for GPPs more than Byron, because um, Byron's only three points out of the playoff. So he really only has to put together a solid race and get some stage points, and he should have a shot at making the round of 12. Um so, yeah, I would lean to Benedetto for this one. Ed, do you concur? I do, and this is the end of the playoff racers. I, I will say the next uh, line is very nice, too. Mm-hmm. But this week, what I find myself doing is, like, instead of going stars and scrubs, 
Like, just look at all the people we just named. Blaney, 88. Uh, Dedo, who I love, Matty D, D this week, 81. He, I like Byron, too, because he's in a great spot. He has to win, 79. You could do a, midi, a mid-tier lineup that's solid with Boyer, Blaney, Byron, DiBenedetto, you know, and Austin Kurt Dillon. Kurt Busch is 70. Like, you could have a solid lineup with those guys who are all in the playoffs this week and, and probably have a good chance at taking down a good tournament this week and and i love that um and that's probably the strategy i'll be going myself because all the guys we named like a lot of them are in really good spots this week all right but so I, I go ahead go ahead sorry i'll just say um i do like william byron though uh 79 matty d 81 i actually have built lineups already and both of them are in a lot of them because of where they're at and like matt said byron just has to have a good race but if he just you know gets four spots has some fast laps. He 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 makes his value at, at that price. So, and by uh, the like way, Byron. in the spring race here, Byron started 13th, finished eighth, and had 23 fastest laps. There you go. Boom. So he hit 52 and a half points on DK, which more than covers 5x. And he has to impress Ryan Blaney because he's dating his <laughs> sister. That's Duh. true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, and I'll throw it back to you. Uh, you referenced the next line. We got a pair of rookies in Tyler Reddick, sixty-six hundred for Tyler Reddick on DraftKings, seventy-five hundred on FanDuel, seventy-one hundred for Christopher Bell, starting in the exact same row, still very affordable and cheap, eighty-six hundred for Bell on FanDuel. Pair of rookies here, but I mean, like this this rookie class is is one of the best that we've seen in years. I mean, sure. Reddick being priced at sixty-six hundred is just plain stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, well, like I said, the mid-tier, you get some great lineups, even with Hamlin, and you go down to Reddick at that price, and you can still get those middle guys in, too. It's it's it, it's kind of gross. Uh, 6,600, I mean, he hasn't been that fantastic lately, though, to be honest, and this, uh, not, I mean, he'll, he's had what, how many races at this course? Not that many, right, rookie, in the actual Cup Series, but I mean... At that price, you got to think his car is fast enough. He likes – you guys watch him race. He likes to take the high bank. Yeah. He does this weird runs thing on it. it. He he runs a high line when nobody else does and somehow passes yep. people. It's kind of crazy. The, and this, speed, he, the speed is in the high line. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a fast course, and I think that's going to play beneficial <clears throat> to him in this course. I think where he's at, I think, he, I think you're going to get some points where he gets fastest laps and – He's going to go up at least five spots in this one. I, I really like Reddick this week and Bell too, but Bell's priced a little bit more, five hundred more, and he's almost what eleven hundred more on Fanduel. So I think in, in this line, Reddick is a, a must play both formats. I Man. think Reddick will get lower play, will get played less than Bell because people. Really? Were, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, because people remember what Bell did in the May race. Bell started in the mid twenties and finished in the top ten. Reddick crashed out taking the high line because he bumped the wall a couple too many times. I think that's going to play into people's memory. And so I think we're going to get a deal here on Tyler Reddick. Because personally, I would play Reddick over Bell. Um, but I think, and I think you're going to get uh, a deal on percentage of uh, people playing Reddick versus Bell. You just made me so happy with that one. With that statement right there, I'm so excited for this weekend now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Bell started 35th and finished ninth in yeah. the May race, and Reddick started 21st and finished 36th because he crashed out after touching the wall and, and getting caught up. Uh, he actually got caught up in an issue with Joey Gase and Stenhouse and Cole Custer uh, and Alex Bowman in the May race. The five car pile up about halfway through took him out. So. If Reddick can keep making that high line work, which, by the way, we've seen Kyle Larson use that, and he led a whole bunch of laps at Bristol. He's almost won. Larson almost won this race three separate times using the high line. Reddick uses that same style. All right, we'll move on to the next line. Um, I can definitely point out one driver we have probably zero interest in. Not Matt playing Kinson. old pants McGee. <laughs> Matt Kenseth, <laughs> 6,300. Starting right next to Eric Jones. Jones is 9,400, has plenty of PD here. Uh, the play on this line would be Jones. I'm not, ter compared to the field, though, I'm not 
sure how excited I am about that. I know he's still trying to get a win. He's trying to stick it to JGR or whatever it is because he also doesn't have a ride lined up next year. So, I mean, he definitely wants a win to pad the resume and make himself look good for potential suitors. But obviously fading Kenseth, what is the approach with Jones this week? Cash or just GPP? It's so hard to get a read on Jones right now, I feel like. Like, Earlier this year, we were on Jones, and then we knew when to not play Jones, and now I feel like it's just muddled with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The play in this line is Eric Jones. Um, just don't see that Kenseth is really going to go do anything, really. I mean, it's not like he has to do that much to pay value, but I just don't see the upside from him. Uh Jones, meanwhile, started 15th in May and finished 5th and had 25 fastest laps. So that's clearly the play for me. Um, I probably still lean more GPP for him than cash, but I'm okay playing him in cash. Ed, how are you feeling about Jones this week? I mean, here's how, how I look at it. I look at price. A lot of people, <clears throat> when they play NASCAR, DFS, they look 9,400, and he's starting so so far low. Oh, because everyone, like, DraftKings expects him to get points up, right? Which means he may be higher owned than I would play. So I kind of look at those guys that are down there and priced high, thinking I would fade them in a GPP because your chances of getting the mid-tier in this race. And Eric Jones hasn't looked that impressive to me at all, really. Um, you know, he it's almost like he's depressed because he doesn't have a card next year like he hasn't been that great and uh, as far as Matt Kenseth I mean everyone might as well like all sign a jersey and give it to him because this is his swan song before he races like why is he still even out there that's well he's only out there because Larson said something he shouldn't have said and then they went and got a 48 year old to go pilot yeah he's like hey he's hey, good good job buddy way to way, way to race like that's where he's at right now yeah. All right. Um, Go ahead, Matt. I mean, I'll say this about Jones. I think there's one key domino waiting to fall before we figure out where everybody else is going, and that is Denny Hamlin trying to buy Jermaine Racing to go put Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson on a team together. I think if that domino falls, then Jones gets a clear path to a car. Suarez gets a clear path to a car. Uh, Boyer and or Chase Briscoe get a clear path to a car. Um, so Wait, yeah, I say, think. How do you say and or Chase Briscoe? Wouldn't it just be Boyer yeah. or Briscoe? Yeah, <laughs> no, because much. theoretically Boyer could leave as the Boyer could be forced out of SHR. They could elect to go with Briscoe, and then Boyer could theoretically get another ride that's not taken by like the forty three. Boyer in the 43 would well, be fun. Suarez is being <laughs> talked about to go to the 43. Oh, that would be good. I, and I would like that one. Bubba and Kyle Larson come to a two-card team owned by Denny Hamlin, which is the talk right now. <clears throat> then you would put Ty Dillon into a third RCR car, which makes sense because the Dillons are Richard Childress's grandkids. Um, and then you would have Eric Jones go to either the 42 or... 48 slash 88 and then you'd have one of those open so you could go put Boyer in one of those cars interesting theory um, there's a lot of dominoes waiting to fall NASCAR silly season is so weird and I hate that it happens kind of like towards the end of like this season in the playoffs because like it presents a lot to talk about but right so Man. I think that's up with Jones. I think he's just kind of hanging out, waiting for Bubba Wallace to make a decision. And then once okay. Bubba Wallace makes a decision, everything else falls into place. Okay. Uh, but we'll move on to the next row. Um, pretty much the first words I heard out of Ed's mouth when I put my headphones in tonight was about Recky Ricky. Uh, so, Ed, I'll throw this one to you. <laughs> you go going with Stim Waltz this week. He's <laughs> under 8K on both sides, 7,600 on DraftKings. He's got a little PD here, his history here. Absolutely sucks. Well, which way is the PD? Is yeah, it positive man. or negative? That's, PD? Fair. That's a good well, point. <laughs> how many laps is he going to race before he crashes out and gets thirty-six? That's what we got to ask ourselves here. Yucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. No, Stanhouse. No, negative. Not uh, even for the price. I just. No, I'm not even. I love it. Yep. Uh, Matt, are you? Do you have any interest in Ryan Priest this week? 
I have more interest in Priest than I do Stenhouse. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. Stenhouse uh, has more interest in Priest than he does Stenhouse. <laughs> I mean, I'll save the two grand on both sites and I'll go with Priest. So at least if he crashes, I'm not eating two grand in salary. Um, that's basically the way I see it. I mean, Stenhouse... <sighs> how, can, how can you trust... I mean, like... He's put up four top 20 finishes in the last five races this season. But three of those have been 16th to 20th. So, like, if he does that again, he's not really standing to make really any position differential. So, I I just don't know. I, I don't know why you would play him. He also wrecked out in May. So, there's that. All right. Now, uh, we're going to talk about the next line. Uh, Chris Buescher, uh 6000 on DraftKings and 6000 on FanDuel. Price tag is nice for both sites. Jimmy Johnson is 8600 on DraftKings, $9,400 on FanDuel. This is kind of like uh, my Mason Dixon line for Bristol. Um, I don't, I, I hate starting guys super far back. They, they tend to get lapped pretty easily, um, and, and the, they just struggle to make it up. Jimmy Johnson has, has PD. I understand it's a swan song, and, and, and I've rostered him more this year than I have in previous years, hoping for that one breakout win. Hasn't come. I'm still going to fall for that BS, that that trap this week. I'm I'm still going to roster him. This is kind of my cutoff, though, where I, I get to drivers that I don't want to roster. And I understand that to fit in studs, that I have to go a little bit lower than this, and we'll get to a driver or two that I love targeting for Bristol. But really, like, going super heavy on guys like Jimmy Johnson might be the cutoff starting this far back. And, and even the price tag is a little bit heavy, but, like, 8600 from here, like, I'm optimistic. Uh, so he's starting 24th, right? Right. You want to know where he started in May? Go for it. 24th. 24th. You want to know where he finished in May? I forgot. Third. Okay. He finished third. So Sold. Yeah, I you know I can check <laughs> his price in May as well for you here. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was, <clears throat> I believe, 10-2 on DraftKings in May. Uh, and 10,000 on FanDuel in May. So he's certainly come down quite a bit. He also had a pretty good showing at Martinsville, too, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, he did. And he's been, uh, you know, he's still been solid here at Bristol uh, of late, despite the struggles. This is, by the way, his second-to-last win in the Cup Series came at Bristol a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, not a shock uh, that I'm in favor of Jimmy Johnson, favorite driver of all time. But I also just do like the stats. They line up. He's looked good. He's had speed. He started here in May and finished well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would I would go Jimmy Johnson over Busher for me. I just don't see the upside with Busher, even though he's substantially cheaper than Johnson on both sites. I just don't see the... Like you're just paying six grand to get a cheaper guy in there, but there's not really anything to that six grand. Right. So, uh, and I'm going to throw it to you for the next line: Ryan Newman, seventy three hundred on DK, eight thousand on Fanduel. Michael McDowell, fifty nine hundred on DK, five thousand on Fanduel. Anyone that you're falling in love with on this row, I'm thinking maybe Newman a little bit, but even for McDowell, you know, unless he's at a super speedway or starting further back, I don't really like this spot for him. I just want to say real quick about the the Jimmy Johnson thing, real yeah. quick. If you're going to pay 9,400 on DK for Eric Jones for PDs, how about 8,600 for Jimmy Johnson for PDs? Save yep. some money there. That's it's an it's an automatic for me. I'm all in on the Jimmy Johnson too. If you're going to pay for someone that's starting back in this race, as far as Ryan Newman and Michael McDowell, um, I mean. Uh, <laughs> I guess Newman <laughs> over McDowell because he had more experience here. But I think honest, the laugh says more about your thoughts about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not playing either one of them anywhere. So, listen, yeah, you, you guys are the experts. I just started this year, but I'm not touching that. Uh, Go ahead. I actually do like Newman. He made the track breakdown as my tier three driver. Um, he's put up four top 15 finishes in the last four races here, getting that kind of a floor from a guy is solid um as for mcdowell i think he's worth a gpp play um 
simply based on what he did in May here, he started 25th and finished 14th. There were a lot of wrecks, but he apparently successfully avoided them and picked up 11 spots of position differential. So I would say McDowell is a slight GPP play, but I do actually like Newman for a solid floor uh, and PD. I mean, he's had seven, Newman has had seven finishes between 6th and 15th in the last eight races here. So it's kind of hard to turn down that kind of floor. Uh, and I think he might go overlooked this week, too. I think people just tend to overlook Newman. Okay. Well, that's the thing about this race, too, is that a lot of these guys that are start back, if they can get through some of the wrecks, like you said, 17 cautions last time, right? Yep. So some of these guys below, if they could get through through the wrecks and get to the point where they have a chance to finish top 15, that's where you get value. So it's almost like you're just playing craps with them at this point, right? Yeah, uh, there's also yeah. the risk in general. Like even even if there's no risk, wrecks, like the guys that start in the back may have trouble moving up in general, and then quickly the leaders are on their ass and they're falling a lap behind. Got you. Yeah, yeah. See, like yeah, because if you're a lap behind, it doesn't matter how many cars you pass. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't can. get your you, your spot doesn't change until you pass the leader. So I'm and learning, like, gentlemen. I'm learning. Come on. And <laughs> even then, like if you have the slightest mechanical issue at Bristol, like the worst thing that you can do is possibly like have to go to pit road. Because if you have to pit at a half mile, that might put you two laps down. Oh, easily. Easily. And it's it's very tough to make up laps here. Um, yeah, if but, you're pitting off schedule, it's you're gonna you're gonna lose laps. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, we'll move on to the next row. The, the talk of the town is Bubba Wallace, and it's kind of crazy because he's never won a race, but he's arguably like the hottest free agent in that's because he's got 20 million dollars for yes, the sponsorship. So much with. money coming with him to whatever team he chooses to go to. Uh, he's $6,800 on DK, $6,600 on FanDuel. Not the worst resume here. He's got a top 10, um, a top 15, and a top 20. You know, he he does tend to move up here with some decent PD. So it's like, he's not an awful play. Like, he's, like, given the price tag, like, yeah, the, if he can move up and get a little bit of PD and, like, a top 20, maybe top 15, he's really going to pay off. Yeah, I mean, I know you said you had the Mason Dixon line, and we try to avoid the guys that start this far is, back is in Bristol. Or Mason Dixon line, only because his average start here over the last four or five races is twenty eight point three. So he's used to starting here, and his okay, average that, finish is twenty point. and a half. So he's used to starting here. He moves up. He has the history. He's been basically in this car that whole time, and this is the best car of that car he's had um and he's still trying to lock in more sponsorship and whatnot and you know i mean he already has the offers on the table but we also don't know if a huge team has come calling because we don't know if hendrick gave him an offer or not or what denny hamlin is offering we don't really know and again not to harp on may but this is the most recent time they've been at that track it was a night race the conditions were pretty similar. He started 36th and finished 10th. So he's a guy that's used to starting in the back and has avoided the wrecks and has avoided going laps down. So that's basically my cutoff right now. Maybe Ty Dillon, because uh, I just have a soft spot for Ty Dillon at short tracks. Yeah, um, but Bubba Wallace is, is pretty strongly my cutoff line. All right, so we're entering the territory of like the, the guys the- we don't care about. Except, <laughs> except, except, don't say LaJoy. No, no he's going to go with Nima check. No, I'm not. No, oh, not, oh. not Nima Rack. I am going with Timmy Hill. Oh, God. This is not iRacing, man. I yeah, don't what's going? care. Timmy Hill runs well at, at Bristol. I, he does. He. This is arguably his best track. If, like, if it's not a super speedway, like I'm all on board with Timmy Hill. Uh, at Bristol, didn't have a great truck race, and I wrote him up in the truck playbook, and, and I don't think he had the greatest race either. Uh, but you know, he had a. I think he finished nineteenth in the Bristol yep. race at the at the Cup level. You know, a couple months back, I think he had a top ten or a top fifteen at the Xfinity level as well. And I, and I understand like he is starting like in the second to last row, and there's a good chance you know Kislowski and Logano are on his ass like within. Maybe even by the competition caution. Okay, but he completed. He was on the lead lap in May. He started 38th and finished on the lead lap in now May at 19th. Now you're just helping my argument. Like now you're. Just uh, like, no, I'm just trying to help you out. All right. <clears throat> but all right, I mean, like, 
I love him on FanDuel at 3,000, where that's just an oh, entire yeah. differential play. And if you play Timmy Hill with PD at a track that he's very good at, like you can load up on four studs. And you can basically do the same thing. Calculate the value on that because it's obscene. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably like 25x or something. Malin, uh, yeah, let's go make ahead. a bet right now on this podcast. Uh, uh, two, he finishes two laps down. Hill? Timmy Hill, yes. Will you take it? So what is he betting that he won't? Or I don't know. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, what, what's that the he'll be on the lead bet? lap or a lap down? Not two laps down. I'm gonna he, say he's two laps down or worse. If you make it three, I'll take it. Oh, two and a half. No, we can't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, he either finishes two, two laps. Yeah, two and a half we can do because he either finishes two laps down or better, or three laps down or worse. So right, if it's two, two laps down, no, he writes out you're guaranteed to win there, Ed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or if he doesn't finish, uh, two and a half. I'll take two and a half. All right, I'll take two laps or better. Okay, perfect. Okay, there you go. Right. What are we betting Timmy. though? Let's let's make it good. God. Um. Well, hold on. Can you can you get Bush beer in Atlanta and send it to Edward? Because <laughs> yeah. he can't get Bush in California. He can't. No. <laughs> Drinks like who likes Bush beer? I don't even think Kevin the Bush brothers like Bush beer. Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer really like Bush beer. Kevin Harvick has been driving. Uh, it's he has to like Bush beer. <laughs> they they paid for his ride. So, yeah. <laughs> and he also has to, to like what can only assume is delicious, the apple Bush beer that, that I see the commercials for. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm all for figuring out like some kind of wager. We'll figure it out. And I'll, next I'll podcast, we'll do it on the Twitter. Team. All right, we'll um, do it. We'll do, we're, we're doing it. All right. It's on the board. Matt, any other, like, dumpster dives that we're looking at this week? I'm <laughs> no interest in LaJoy, Nemechek, Poole, Quinn Huff. <laughs> Maybe Suarez. Maybe. Davis is still there. Come on. Suarez <laughs> I get. But that's about it. I mean, no, nobody passed Suarez. I mean, Bubba Wallace, Ty Dillon, and Suarez are – yeah, those are – that's the end of the line for me. Ed, any dumpster dives you're taking aside from, I don't know, Timmy Hill, Ty Dillon, Daniel Suarez? There's a great gif out there with the guy going, oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) That's my stance on that. Duly noted. Duly noted. All right, Matt, any final thoughts on uh, roster construction? I mean, I understand, like, you know, for GPPs, you're you're approaching – uh, lap slide dominators. Can the same be said for cash lineups? You know, we normally like to look for PD. For Bristol, I really don't like looking at PD. I'd love to load up on DraftKings at least, guys that I think can lead all the, uh, a ton of laps and maybe target a little bit of PD. But like you know, I I set my Mason Dixon line kind of kind of high. Like I don't like going below P twenty at like twenty fourth. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I think I think the pole sitter is fine for cash games here. Okay. Usually that's not the case, but it short tracks the odds of them going so significantly backwards that they don't like that they cancel out the lap sled that they have is really uncommon. Um, as we went over earlier in the podcast, the number one starting spot has been far and away the highest scoring starting you know starting spot in terms of DFS points. Um, for those of you that pay attention to it, the seventh spot has been the second best starting spot on both sites. Um, not, don't remember who exactly is starting seventh, um, this week. It may be, is it Kyle Hamlin. Bush? I think it's Hamlin. Is it Hamlin or Kyle Bush? It's Hamlin. It's Hamlin. So there you go. Um, God, my wife is going to hate that lineup. Hamlin. I don't get why she hates Hamlin so much. Uh, because she had the displeasure of having to sit next to his grandmother at Richmond International Speedway when her uncle owned it or ran it, didn't own it, ran it. Uh, and he just he just gives her the creeps. He's just a like a same with Logano. She does not like Logano for the same reason. I get Logano, but yeah. no one likes Logano. <laughs> um, and then the whole flaunting of the Jordan brand thing kind of rubs her the wrong way with Hamlin, too. Um it's just a thing. I, I don't know. But so back to strategy. I'm perfectly fine with starting the pole sitter in a cash game here. Um, I'm with you. I tend to go more for laps led here. And if we get PD, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really banking on it like we do 
uh, for mile and a half or two mile tracks or especially super speedways. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm perfectly fine also with a mid tier build. Um, none of the super high price dudes really intrigue me that much outside of like Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch and Kozlowski. Um, so yeah, it's probably going to be a mostly mid tier build for me. All right. Love the analysis. Uh, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Any final thoughts from you? I'm the same way. I'm looking at all these playoff drivers. They're all mid-tier. Like I said, 9,000 or less. You could build some great lineups, GPP and cash. Kislowski's going to help his brother across the line. (laughs) Ryan Blaney or bust, baby. Ryan Blaney or bust. You guys watch, and you all be tweeting me on Sunday saying, man, he was so smart with the Ryan Blaney love. So So I don't know if if Blaney wins. I don't know if we're going to have Ed back on the following because he's just going to be insufferable i'll be drunk (laughs) for a week straight yeah (laughs) on that note uh matt and ed best of luck to you and best of luck to the fa nation best of luck FA nation thank you